Welcome to The Geek in Review, the podcast focused on innovative and creative ideas in the legal profession. I'm Marlene Gabauer. And I'm Greg Labert. Well, it's Thanksgiving week as we are recording this, but we managed to squeeze in one more recording before we all go into turkey coma mode. Do you have any plans, Greg? We've had about uh, 20 minutes of technical <laughs> difficulties getting this started. So, Far for the uh, course. I, I think uh, hopefully we can get this all out of the way. But yeah, I'm um, I'm actually in the Fort Worth office at Jackson Walker uh, this week. I have a new employee that started uh, today. Um, and I don't know if this is like the best week or the worst week to start, but they get three days and then they get two days of vacation right off the bat. So uh, I, I think for them, it's it's a good time. So. But I'm uh, going to head up to Oklahoma where I am spending time with all of the family. So it's going to be fun. Everybody. Wow. Very good. Everybody. Well, We're we're even bringing strangers. (laughs) Anybody off the streets, right? It's like, come on in. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So I just got back from an innovation advisory board meeting. So I am looking forward to hanging out at home, uh, watching Mystery Science Theater, planes, trains, and automobiles, and Die Hard. (laughs) as one should. And uh, uh, I should be able to get out on the kayak and and the bike, Uh, maybe go to Huntsville State Park. Well, good. Well, hopefully the weather holds up. So Mm -hmm. I know it's going to be in the 30s when I'm in Oklahoma. So uh, fun. I I packed both my jackets. Yeah, enjoy that. (laughs) Well, today we have uh, some actually new guests on the podcast. We didn't have to reach into the uh, uh, alumni bag, but uh, I think Everyone's going to be very familiar uh, to our audience. So we have Patrick DiDomenico, founder and CEO of Inspire KM Consulting, Tanisha Little, Director of Knowledge Management at Simpson Thatcher and Bartlett LLP, and Sarah Miro, Director of Knowledge. I love that title, Director of Knowledge. Just keep it nice and simple. At uh, Sullivan and Cromwell. So Patrick, uh, Tanisha, and Sarah, welcome to the Geek and Review. Thank you. Excited to be here. Thanks for having us. So all of you recently participated in the uh, Knowledge Management and Innovation for Legal Conference. That was a a few weeks ago, and we wanted to bring you on and and do a recap. Yeah, so Patrick, you know, you've been a staple in the Knowledge Management Conference circuits for circuit, circuit, not circus, for many years. (laughs) You know, right? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think this is your first experience being responsible for running the entire event, Soup to Nuts. Um, And so I wanted to ask you, how was that experience? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, at times it was a circus, quite frankly, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I've been been doing it for a long time. Uh, You know, whether it was speaking at ILTA or ARCH-KM for many years, you know, you guys know that... uh, Joshua Fireman and I had co-hosted the ARCKM conference for many years. You know, then ARC moved back to Chicago um, in 2021, I think. And I think there was a desire for a conference in in New York City. And quite frankly, to be honest with you, I've always sort of wanted to get more involved in conferences and the production. I had been doing the sort of uh, co-hosting duties and that always included selecting speakers and topics and all that stuff. So it's so sort of like the front of the house and a little bit of the production, but not the, you know, finding the venue and, you know, getting sponsors and, and making sure enough people sign up and all that all the stuff. Event, all the event planning. Yeah. 
all the event planning and, you know, uh, boy, I, I knew it was going to be difficult because, you know, having done the ARCH-KM uh, conference for many years with Kevin, you all know Kevin Klein, uh, you know, I was tight with him and, you know, he did all that work on the back end. So I knew that is a lot of hard work. I kind of underestimated it, I think. I thought it would be, I didn't think it would be easy, but I didn't think it would be so all-consuming for, you know, you know, at least a few months before the actual event. But I tell you, it was a lot of fun. I, I love learning and I love doing new things. So it was a challenge, but it was it was a lot of fun. And then finding the right people and the topics and everything. You know, a lot of it was difficult, but it's such a strong, as we all know, it's such a strong and generous community. And we have people like Tanisha and Sarah and many others who had lots of good ideas and uh, opinions about how things should go. And that's something I did a lot of. I talked to a lot of people. I said, what do you... What do you love about conferences and what do you hate about conferences? Because, you know, a big part of what I wanted to do was, and my tagline for the conference was elevate your experience. And that's a big part of what I tried to do was to take all of the conference experience that we've all gone through and we've all had and just sort of bring it up to the next level. You know, speaker-wise, topic-wise, venue, the food at the venue, you know, the different types of um, formats. And Tanisha and Sarah are good examples of that. Uh, we had breakouts, right? So I think for the first time, I can't think of any other, many other conferences that had breakouts. So we had this general session sessions, but these breakouts I thought went really, really well. We got a lot of great feedback about that kind of thing. So really, really happy with how it all turned out and very, very grateful for everyone's participation. Was it a pleasant enough experience that you're going to have one again next year? <laughs> We're going to do, was it that good? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was great. Um, I, I, I think really on, on all, in, in every respect, it was, it was definitely worth doing again. So we're definitely going to do it again, probably around the same time, um, you know, October, uh, New York. Don't have a, um, a venue or an exact date yet, uh, but it, we're definitely going to do it again. It was, I, I thought it was great. And, you know, all the feedback was great too. We did some surveys and got some really high scores for everybody's uh, sessions and a lot of uh, happy customers. So we're definitely doing it again. And I'm sure two of the highest scoring sessions were from Tanisha and Sarah, which is uh, why we asked them on as well. Very much. Uh, so Tanisha, can you talk to us, what was your experience? And then talk to us a little bit about what you talked about and kind of the reaction that you got. Sure, sure. Love to talk about our session. Um, I say it was so much fun you know, doing this conference. You know, Patrick didn't say, I think the first time we did a conference together, I can't remember what year it was. I believe it was the SharePoint Symposium that Ilta used to do. And we were, you know, working together, finding speakers, preparing sessions, and you know, had the opportunity to work with him through that organization, speaking at Art KO. So I was really excited to see him put together you know, uh, this conference and I think you know, mission mission accomplished. It was it was absolutely fantastic. I have to say, I'm so impressed that you did it with the very minimal volunteer structure behind you. That was, you know, just really, really phenomenal. Very, very well done. Well let me let me just say there was a lot more behind the scenes than than most people know. And you know because we talked quite a lot about the details and I picked your brain quite a bit. So it wasn't as uh individual as as it might have seemed. Yeah. You never look really good. <laughs> uh, so my session was KM 101. 
and I presented it with Jennifer Mendez. She's the senior director of CAM Innovation at Fisher Phillips. And we just had a fantastic time doing that session. You know, when we first, you know, approached by Patrick, we were both thinking, right, who wants a CAM 101 session? It's like everybody's been doing this for a long time. You know, what else can we add to the conversation? And I think we were really impressive when we walked in the room. There were so many new people, so many new faces in the knowledge and innovation community that joined us for for this session. So it was a, a really great opportunity, you know, for us to kind of like dig back and think about, you know, our beginnings, uh, you know, in knowledge management and innovation and really talk about it. So we spent some time just talking about the benefits of knowledge management, the benefits for law firms, benefits for their clients. Uh, we talked to people about how do you talk to to your firm and to you know to your partners and other attorneys about knowledge management. We found that so many people were in the phase of their building or trying to convince their firms to invest more in the knowledge management program. So we spent a lot of time talking about that, how to promote uh, KM. We had everybody. We did some uh, some little in in room homework. Had everybody take about five minutes and work on their elevator pitch. So I'm not sure they enjoyed that aspect. Didn't know they were. Can they be actually doing work? And we ask people, you know, to share. They got to work, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so we talked more about, you know, how to connect with your attorneys about what you're doing, how to communicate with them about different initiatives and ultimately the tools and resources that they need to, to be aware of. I thought really interesting. We talked about some of the tools that we use, you know, intranets, experience matter management, um, automation, document automation, process automation. But the topic that I think we spent more time on than anything else, knowledge banks. That was the hot topic in the room. Everyone oh. wanted to talk about how to build knowledge banks, which is something, you know, that's not new, uh, Cam, you know, not it's not generative AI, but that was the, the topic, um, you know, that everybody really wanted to, to dig into. So overall, it was, you know, it was a great session. I think we had more content prepared than we actually had time to get to because we were really focusing on those things, you know, we wanted to talk about camp tools and how to prioritize things and knowledge management maturity models. So we didn't get to those topics. So maybe it'll be a part two for, for the workshop next year. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, always was, even wanting more. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, it was really, it was like the best time that I've had speaking at a conference in, in a very long time. There was just so much engagement from, you know, from everyone in the room. Absolutely loved it. Cool. That sounds great. Well, Sarah, mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's turn it over to you. What did, uh, what did you get to cover? Sure. And similar to Tanisha, I also was tapped to lead a roundtable session. And so it was a back-to-back two-parter session uh, in between the sort of general speaking presentations. And when Patrick asked me to, to lead it, at first I was saying, thank you, this is sort of unusual for a conference to have this kind of breakout. And I wonder how it'll be received. But it, similarly to Tanisha, my session was the KM attorney roundtable. It was a packed room. It was broken up in two parts and we had everyone who came to the first session come back again for the second session for follow-up. It was really a great time to connect with tons of people that were new to the community, new to KM, uh, and it was it was really great. And we approached it, so I was, I was lucky enough to co-lead the roundtable session with Patrick Dundas, who's a KM partner at Aiken Gump. And he and I took a little bit of a different tactic. We didn't have a presentation. We sort of approached a consultant style and we had a whiteboard and we asked the participants in the room to tell us what they wanted to talk about. So to really think about the previous sessions that they had heard at the conference and come up with some general topic ideas that we could all discuss. And so we came up with things like change management and the importance of getting buy-in for your KM initiatives, 
listening to attorney pain points. And then, of course, generative AI was the hot topic in our room. And it seems like we had many people in the room that really were new to KM, about three years or less in the industry. And then we also had some people that were really seasoned in the industry. So we had directors of KM, we had KM attorneys at all different levels, and it was a really engaging conversation. We talked about generative AI use cases, the hype cycle. Um, we pivoted when we thought we had gone through a topic for long enough. You know, there, we could have gone on probably for another two hours on generative AI, but we put a pin in it and we talked about things like the importance of getting attorney buy-in and a champion at your firm and how you can listen to attorney pain points, the importance of listening tours. And we really hit on a lot of critical ideas within the KM ecosystem. And it was really nice to hear a lot of people's, because we did call on people, we put people on the spot. And so it was nice to give everyone an opportunity to really voice what they thought was important. And, and I feel like everyone in that room really benefited from what they were hearing and, and were able to take something away. So it was, it was really positive. And I love that feature of a conference. I think it really gets the participants involved on another level. Uh, so well done, Patrick. It was really a smart move to incorporate that into into the first day. Well, I've seen the yeah. I've seen the survey scores, so I should say well done to both of you because Greg was right. You know, the, these breakouts were among the more popular things that we did at the conference. Yours in particular, both of yours in particular. I think we all learned a good lesson there. It's a nice. It's a nice way to break up the day, I think, break up the pace. And to, to your point, you can dive deeply into, into various topics, you know, whether you're seasoned, whether you've been, whether you're new to the uh, community or, or somewhere in between. Yeah, I heard really, really great things. Uh, Fire Joshua Fireman, I think, you know, I think he made comments at the end about how he was surprised that his, I, I don't know if he said it's his favorite, but one of the things he really enjoyed was the KM 101 session very much. And who's been doing it longer than the Joshua Fireman? So uh, it was great. The feedback was really fantastic about um, all the breakouts. So we've got a new conference <laughs> model shaping up. I love that. Like create your own adventure. Talk about what you want to talk about. It's always a, a great experience when you're feeling the audience engagement and you like, you know, they're really, you know, enjoying it and, and benefiting from it. But I'll, I'll flip the question. So, you know, if, if you were part of the audience here, you know, what were your favorite presentations at the conferences or at the conference rather? Can I'm going to can I pick two? Because there were two. They were along the, the same themes. There were two days. Right. So I can pick two, <laughs> two separate topics. Um, I thought you know, that the keynote from Andrea Allison was just phenomenal. Um, you know, she's just talking about, you know, leadership through change, through times of complexity and disruption. So just so incredibly timely for everything that we're experiencing right now. She had so many valuable lessons that I think, you know, we're all struggling to, to think about and apply. She talked about change leadership versus change management. You know, it's not just about the tasks and the things that you're doing and the structures that you're putting into to place when you're implementing change, but it's really about the, the thought, the leadership, the vision behind everything that we're doing. That was really, really powerful. Just the point that she made about decision-making in complex context was so timely. It's like there is, uh, I think what she said, you know, we always think that if I do A, then B is going to happen. Does not go that way, you know, in complex situations. There are just so many factors <laughs> that play into it and so many things that you have to think about. You have to zoom out and look at the big picture. You have to talk to a lot of different people, be ready to, to fail and know that no matter how much spending you do, it is not going to be perfect. 
So I just thought that that was the, a phenomenal first day to, to really set the stage for everything. My second one was the presentation with um, Jeff Rovner, Alice Shahidi, and Amanda Brady on, that was just a masterclass in succession planning. It was amazing to hear that story. I know that few of us will have the luxury of being able to do what, you know, what Jeff was able to, to orchestrate when he was making his plans to retire. But man, if you needed a roadmap for how to do it and how to do it well, he just laid it out so, so beautifully. And I think there are a lot of elements that are a part of that that many of us will be able to, to use and learn from you know, as we think about our futures. And I just love the way that he was able to do it because it was so seamless. And to have one of our great leaders be able to just leave that legacy intact and have someone come in and help it continue to grow and flow and not just stop dead in its tracks while the firm will, let's think about what we're going to do when Jeff retires and, you know, and then he just gets that. He just really laid out a, a phenomenal plan for how it was going to continue. So I just really appreciated that, that lesson from that session too. Cool. Sarah, how about you? Sure. Yeah. So there were so many great sessions um, and I sort of will pick two also, but they're kind of related. But the keynote on day two, which Mark Smolik from DHL Supplies gave, it really resonated. It was really engaging and it was great to have an in-house council perspective on KM and innovation. And I think that really resonated with a lot of people in the room. I know it did with my team to really hear from an, a, a high level in-house lawyer, what is important for them when they're in discussions with law firms on things like KM and innovation and generative AI and at the approach to technology that really I think was eye-opening and should have been eye-opening for a lot of people in the room to really know the client pain points. The most important thing to our clients, of course, is going to be risk mitigation. And as law firms, we really should know our clients' business and the KM team can really help the law firms in that respect to really understand how can we get as much intelligence about our clients as possible and then feed it back to them in ways that will help support their business and our business as well. So, and, and just foster the relationship. So I thought that was really great to sort of bring it all together because we really are a legal ecosystem and without clients and without the client perspective, you know, we're missing a piece, critical piece of that puzzle. So I thought that was great to bring that all together. And then the session following it was also Mark alongside Evan Shankman, who's a chief knowledge officer at a law firm really discussing how to best partner with KM teams to really get the best value out of the relationship. So I thought that was just such a nice way to bring together so many different important concepts in the community and really ho hopefully open people's minds within the audience to understand, you know, it's, we are KM attorneys and KM professionals supporting our lawyers within our law firm, but ultimately the client are all of these other entities that we really should think about when we're delivering KM services. How can we leverage what we know and, and give our attorneys the right tools so that they can support their clients in, in KM and, and technology efforts as well? So I thought that was just really great and well done. All right. Now, Patrick, I'll let you wrap up and then I'm going to have to jump off while the rest of you finish uh, the podcast. So <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Well, my answer is probably even uh, worse because I, I, this is like asking me to pick my favorite child, right? Yeah, I was so involved in all of it, you know, from from day one and thinking about and and working with all of the speakers. 
definitely impossible for me to pick a favorite. I, I will say, I also look at it from an entertainment perspective as well, especially, <laughs> you know, working with like someone like with Joshua, you, you guys know Joshua well, he's uh, hilarious and fun and everything else. So you can imagine, you know, so Joshua did a, did a panel called Help Me Help You Becoming an Ideal Client for Your Vendors. And that was Joshua, Glenn LaForce, Kate Kane, and uh, Kate Meltzer. One of the funny things is that he started, he presented the idea to me and he said, you know, can we do a session where I sit people down and tell them, you know, you know, just basically school them and tell them how to just do as I say. You know, he wasn't really saying that, but it was very, you can imagine how funny it was for him to come up with this concept, no holds barred and everything else. And I said, you know, yes, but can we tone it down just a little bit? You know, <laughs> could we make it a little bit more palatable for people who don't know you and don't understand that you're very funny and you're not being serious? But, you know, I think that actually turned out very, very good, you know, because and, and, and with the other perspectives there, Kate Kane and Glenn LaForce both have been vendors and in, in law firms. So really effective. And it had the most F-bombs dropped in the um, in the session, too, because, uh, you know, of course, Joshua dropped a few. And I think Kate Meltzer probably dropped a few, too. But I, I like the entertainment value as well. I think and your I'll conference just, will win the award for that. At most F-bombs, yeah. <laughs> I think so, yeah. We're, there's no, there's no, uh, no contest, I think. But the other one that I really enjoyed was Scott Rekshoffen's presentation, uh, he did a presentation called yes. Changing the Game, oh, how right? How could I forget yeah. that one? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> one, yeah. And I just, like, I thought I it was so my, creative. I changed my right? answer, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, everybody knows Scott. He's been in the in the industry for, you know, 30 years, probably something like that. He's one of the OGs. And, you know, this came out of a conversation I, was, I had with him at ILTA. We were sitting there having a drink and there was a, a ball game on. And I don't follow baseball very closely. But there's a ball game on and he starts telling me, yeah, I'm really enjoying it much more since the rules changed and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So he starts telling me about all these rule changes and how it's shortening the game and making it more interesting, et cetera. And I'm like, Scott, don't you see it? This is your presentation right here. Because he was going to do a different presentation, which was going to be very good too. I said, no, no, we got to change it. You got to do this new presentation. Look at the analogies. Look at everything else. And you can build suspense and everything. And he... He killed it. I thought it was great and so, so entertaining as well. But, you know, too many to uh, choose from. But uh, those are some of the, fu the fun ones that I think were, were really interesting in that respect. I think we just went through almost all of them. Right? I know. <laughs> I, they're all so good. I mean, boy, I hate, I hate the fact that we didn't mention some of them because, I mean, everyone got such great scores, too. You're right that the entertainment factor is so important yeah. in a conference. Like, two days... Yeah. You're holed up together in, indoors, yeah. right? I think it was mm -hmm. a beautiful day in New York, both days. And so, right. you know, you really do have to make it have to make it fun and engaging. And yeah, I mean, now that I'm remembering Scott's presentation, you know, I learned so much about baseball and KM within that yeah. session. It was really yeah. well done. It is great. Know, really, really yeah. great. Be was really something for every level right in your organization yeah, and can yeah. which is you know it's really hard to to find in a conference of, of this size but there's something you know for people who are new to new to knowledge people who've been in there for you know, many decades opportunities for those of us who've been 
doing it a while to share our experiences. So it was it was an incredible event. Yeah, well, I'm I'm curious, uh, Patrick, on with the the mentioning uh, multiple times of how so many people that are new ish to the KM profession. What do you think was the draw for them, and how do you replicate that so that they come back next year and and bring friends? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's a good question. You know, it's. Every year when Josh and I were co-hosting the ArcKM conference for many years, we would always ask who's new, who, you know, who's, you know, zero to three years out. And there would always be about 30% of the audience that would raise their hand that they, they were new to the conference and or KM and innovation. We did that to make sure people got introduced to other people and, and felt like part of the community and asked, you know, others to talk to other people. But it struck me a number of times that, hey, if there's consistently so many new people that come to these conferences, a lot of this stuff is going to go over their head because a lot of it's higher level. You know, we, so what we tried to do, of course, to Tanisha's point, we tried to keep it uh, something for everyone. And then especially with Tanisha and Jennifer's breakout, let's do something special for the new folks and have a base and have, give them a really good foundation so now that they have that, those folks that come back next year, they're going to be better prepared to absorb a lot of the more higher level stuff, I think, and maybe join Sarah's uh, breakout or maybe join one of the other breakouts. And we really tried to make there be something for everyone. There always will be, too. We, we, we have to understand that this is a growing community. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the, you know, the death of KM. Every year I've been part of it, I've heard, yeah, KM's dead because of one thing or another, but it continues to grow. And this year we had, I think we had 185 people sign up. So that's not an insignificant number, especially that there's other KM conferences out there as well, which are well populated. So there's always going to be something for every level of uh, attendee. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we've gotten to the part of the conversation where we're going to ask you our crystal ball question. And I'm going to go down the line, Patrick and Tanisha and, and Sarah, as I see you on the screen here. What do you see on the horizon for knowledge management over the next two to five years? Patrick? Oh, you're going to start with me, huh? All right. Let's start with you. Um, We're on a roll. Yeah. Let's keep it going. Well, that's good. Uh, well, actually, so to that point, actually, you know, what I see is knowledge management and innovation strengthening, actually, which is kind of counterintuitive, especially given all of the uh, generative AI stuff that we've been experiencing for a year now, right? Uh, boy, it's almost just about a year since ChatGPT uh, came on the scene. Uh, and then, as you all probably know, and you know, I don't know when people are going to listen to this, but just Friday, today's Monday on Friday, you know, uh, Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, breaking news, everybody. Uh, was fired from OpenAI, and everyone was shocked. Uh, there's still news coming in about it. And the last I heard, Microsoft hired Sam and one of the board members, Greg Brockman. So who knows where what's going to happen with all that? I mean, this past year has been crazy, crazy, crazy with with Gen AI. We're still, I think, people are still trying to figure out what we've learned and experienced just from that. Who knows what the following year is going to be? But what I think 
And quite frankly, contrary to one of the things I heard at the clock conference, you know, speaking of KM is dead, Mary O'Carroll at the clock conference, I don't know if any of you went, but, you know, she basically said, now that we have Gen AI, we don't need knowledge management. You know, we're, we're, everything's just going to be automatically findable and we're going to be, everything's going to be fine and we don't need it anymore. And my position was, no, 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 no. This is going to supercharge knowledge management. There's going to be more people getting into it. There's going to be more interest in it. So I really see, uh, and I hope next year's conference will be even bigger because there'll be getting more people involved and interested in KM. That tool and other tools that are going to come down the line are just going to supercharge knowledge management, I think. Tanisha, what's your thoughts? Sure. You know, Patrick, I agree 100% with you. You know, I was looking at just, you know, feeds on, you know, recent job openings in law firms. And two of the things that I'm seeing, knowledge management lawyers uh, who have subject matter expertise, who can help firms leverage, uh, you know, generative AI technologies, along with all of the other uh, kind of core knowledge management responsibilities, and innovation managers who can help to lead AI implementations and other innovation solutions, partner with them with like data analytics teams. So I think that listen, like there are two areas where we're going to continue to see growth. One, of course, is in generative AI. I think we'll see more clearly defined use cases. Right now, we're seeing you know, lots of experimentation. Firms trying to figure out what are the most appropriate use cases to, to go after for, for these tools. I think the legal tools are still developing, right? We haven't seen the, the end of that. I think over the next few years, we're going to continue to see that. And just more clarity on what it makes sense to apply you know, generative AI versus other types of AI. I think we're just going to continue to grow our understanding within law firms of what the tools are, what's available to us, and what's the right fit for firms depending on needs. And of course, in continuing experience and 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 matter data, that's a continuing trend. Uh, I think looking at how AI can make it much easier to get to that information and get to that data will continue to to grow. But I think that's going to continue to to be a hot topic for firms. And what do we know about what we know, and how can we translate that into actionable insights that our lawyers can use? That that is not going to end. Yeah. Well, we have uh, two really good insights. So, Sarah, I'm sorry that I made you wait till the end here to. Clean, clean yeah, this yeah. Up. you're going to leave me with no future left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and of course, I agree with the trends with generative AI, but I do think we're at the top of the hype cycle now. So in two to five years, things will pan out. The use cases will come into focus. There will be professionals. But I'm going to actually do a back to the future type response. I think we're going to get back to KM basics, right? There needs to be a focus on data collection and curation to make all of these generative AI systems work. There needs to be a focus on looking at what are we setting out to do here with KM? Did we accomplish it? What needs to change? Uh, where are we, you know, different things related to even just really the KM 101 basics, right? Getting down to basics, what are the pain points? What are the different tools and technologies that we need? And where can we apply AI of all sorts to make ourselves better, faster, cheaper for our clients? So I think we're just at the start of it. I think we need a lot of KM professionals to really think about how to leverage all of these new technologies, but use the existing methods, change management, adoption, all of those keywords that we hear about all the time, the buzzwords. Um, they're not going away. And so to hone those skills is really going to be important for the future state of where where we need to be as a as a lethal ham ecosystem. Yeah, I'm 
couldn't agree more with you. With the the generative AI part brings some creativity, but uh, creativity without a a solid footing that knowledge management can bring puts us exactly where we are right now, which is uh, people are thinking there's lots of opportunity with a generative AI, but when you actually try and get down to the nuts and bolts of it, it goes back to the data and and the underpinnings of the knowledge that you have. So I think I think. All three of you are, are spot on, and it's, a, I think, a pretty good future for us. Well, Patrick, Tanisha, and Sarah, I want to thank you all for taking the time for joining us today. Sorry about the uh, technical difficulties and, and losing my co-host due to time constraints, but uh, it was great talking to all three of you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. And of course, thanks to all of you, our listeners, for taking the time to listen to the Geek & Review podcast. If you enjoy the show, please share it with a colleague. We'd love to hear from you. So you can reach out to us. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the best for Marlene and both of us, but we can be reached at on X at uh, Gabe M or at Glambert or on threads at uh, mgabauer66 or at Glambert Pod. Patrick, let's start with you. Where, where can you, where's the best place to find you online? Yeah, LinkedIn is best. Uh, I'm on X as well at Lawyer KM, and then uh, of course you could just email me, Patrick at InspireKM.com. Those are probably the best email places. classic. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Tanisha, how about you? Where's the best place to find you online? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm at Tanisha Little, and I think it's my username Tan Lit T A N L I T. And Sarah. I'm also on LinkedIn, Sarah Miro. You can find me and send me a message. Awesome. Well, again, thanks to all of you. And as always, the music that you hear on the pod is from Jerry David DeSicca. So uh, thanks again, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.